Welcome to Mental Health in Minnesota, produced by NAMI Minnesota, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the lives of children and adults with mental illnesses and their families. Visit NAMI Minnesota online at namihelps.org. Hi, my name is Brian Jost. I'll be your host. NAMI Minnesota is celebrating its 40th anniversary year of providing education, support, and advocacy. This episode is one of the 40 stories of hope related to our 40th anniversary. Thanks for listening, everybody. We have Mary Schulte recording today, February 24th, 2017, at her home in Maplewood, Minnesota. And to start with, Mary, could you just tell me a bit about your journey to NAMI. What brought you to NAMI? It's been a long journey. Uh, Initially, I worked at a state hospital as a psychiatric nurse for a progressive doctor who was the first psychiatrist to study the use of medication for treating mental illness. Uh, After getting married and having three children, we adopted our fourth child. We were told that our mother had schizophrenia. At the time, I thought since our three older children were doing well, We could provide a good home for her, and besides, there was better treatment available now, having worked with this doctor who seemed to be so ahead of everybody else with his knowledge of medications. She was a sickly child and difficult from day one, and it changed our lives forever. But she was a beautiful little child, and we definitely wanted to help her. She would get so sick with throwing up that she would have to be hospitalized for IV treatments many, many times. We spent many days at St. John's Hospital because of her needing the IV therapy, but they never could figure out what was the problem, and it may have been just general anxiety as a young child. She had her first psychotic break at age 14 when she went to a camp. We thought we could take this time to take a long overdue trip, but we were called home from England because of her being so ill. Our older children did not want to call us home, but she ended up in the hospital. And so they knew they had to get us back here. When we saw her at the hospital, she was in a drug-induced straitjacket. It was just so painful to see her lying in bed, hardly able to move. I made up my mind then that I would do everything possible to prevent her from ending up in a state hospital. After all, I had worked in one, and I knew what they were like. The next years were very difficult. I tried every type of treatment that I thought would help her, but she continued to be extremely ill. My husband and I looked into getting support and attended a meeting at the Schizophrenia Association in Minneapolis. I didn't know what to expect. We were very pleasantly surprised at the warmth and kindness of the moderators. Unfortunately, they didn't have any real helpful answers for her illness, but with others who understood what we were dealing with, they gave us much support. After a while, I became a moderator myself, and then a board member, and then the board president. We changed the name to the Minnesota BioBrain Association because We realized so many mental illnesses had something in common, and we wanted to be available to all families. I also then became co-executive director with another woman who was a wonderful 
lady, and we have become extremely close friends. The need in the community was great, and MBBA grew faster than we were prepared for. As co-director with another wonderful person, we spent many hours on the phone just listening to the pain a family was dealing with. We had support group meetings, and we would give out information about the symptoms of the illnesses. We also explained how these illnesses were not caused by poor parenting. And in fact, I would go out and speak on that subject that uh, mothers did not cause the illness because at one time they were blamed for children having schizophrenia and it was a very terrible thing to put on a parent. Many parents didn't understand the reason their child behaved the way he or she did and had a better understanding after learning more about these illnesses. I had one father say to me at a support group that after he'd heard about why his child had a hard time staying busy or doing what he expected him to do, that it was part of the illness, that he went home and he apologized to his son and he tried to help him. I just felt really good that somebody got a positive attitude after hearing this support group information. I couldn't have done all of what we did without my husband and family support. My husband was wonderful. He made sure my car was in good shape when I had to drive way over to Minneapolis. And he came over and worked on the computers, helped us get the newsletter out. He was just great. Also, without the many volunteers who were so faithful and hardworking, they deserve much credit for their many hours of service to promote a better understanding of these illnesses that carry so much stigma. Because of the many changes that happened due to our growing pains, MBBA dissolved. Some of us went to help NAMI at the time. In fact, many of us did who were involved with MBBA. At that time, I was asked if I would be willing to be on their board and I accepted. NAMI was also going through a difficult time and needed a new executive director. The board asked me if I would be the interim executive director while they found a permanent ED. I agreed with the intention of being that for two months, part-time, but they still didn't have a good candidate by then, so I felt I should stay until they had a person to fill this position. I didn't think it was good for funders to have no one in charge. So I stayed for two more months. I continued writing grants and helping with NAMI activities. By then, Sue Abder Holden was interviewing and had wonderful credentials. I was so relieved when she got hired, and I was noticing that I was getting worn out. Shortly after that, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's and didn't believe I should work any longer. But I continued volunteering for NAMI, helping with office work, helping on the education and fundraising committees and the education booth at the State Fair and many other NAMI activities. I have made wonderful friends through all of this work and we stay in touch still. I have people come up to me and thank me at, for being at MBBA, for listening to them and understanding what they were going through. I had benefited greatly by knowing all these people who were like a support group for me then and still are now. It has helped to get through some very tough times when our daughter was so sick. We have also had our fun moments, like at the Spring Gala. 
NAMI continues the billboard project, conferences, and has started many great educational forums to help families and individuals with mental health issues. NAMI has grown just so fast and so big in the years since I left, and Sue has taken over. Sue has been an amazing director. We were so fortunate that she took the job. It was a lot of work getting NAMI to grow as it has. There were some really tough moments when, during the transition, and uh, there were times when I think Sue, Sue had tremendous stress placed on her. She is now considered the spokesperson for mental health issues in Minnesota. She, has, she was invited to be involved in a meeting with the former President Obama when he was in t- here, town here for a visit because of her interest and in, uh, knowledge about mental illness and being so involved with so many other organizations dealing with mental illness. Thank you for sharing all of that. You're welcome. Is there anything you would say you're most proud of with your involvement? Just, I think, uh, helping to break down the stigma. And I think we were so fortunate to have the billboards. Uh, we have people saying how they, when they saw the billboard, it made them know they weren't alone mm-hmm. and that they could call and get help. What are some of your hopes for the future of NAMI? For the future of NAMI, I hope that sometime they can start sharing information about better treatment, better answers for our people, giving them more hope that there's actually an end to the pain, and that uh, maybe there's even a way of preventing it. What changes have you seen in the mental health system? Well, since I haven't been as involved lately due to my Parkinson's, um, I think the fact that people are more open to share if they have a family member who's ill. In my own family, we have some cousins who have had similar situations. And I feel like I'm not ashamed to talk about my own daughter's illness. When she was first diagnosed, I didn't want to use the term schizophrenia. Having been involved in the treatment as a psychiatric nurse or just in the medical field, it seems like people in the medical field are even less, uh, they're more concerned about using the term schizophrenia because it was so frightening and still can be very frightening Mm -hmm. when people don't get help. Uh, One of the things that I think is so sad is that it's very, very difficult for people to get help for their child when they can see the changes happening and they don't know what it means, but they know it's not good. Mm-hmm. And yet they can go to the hospital or go in to try to get a doctor's appointment and they just don't get the help they need right away. And then the tragedy happens and that should never happen. Mary, tell me about an award that you received that I've heard about. Well, in the year 2006, I was given a Lifetime Advocate Award by NAMI Minnesota, which I am extremely honored to have. 
uh, they invited my family to come. It was a big surprise. I had no idea that I was going to be given this award at the dinner, during the dinner time at the fall conference. And it is one of the things I am very proud of. That's great. Well, thanks, Mary, for having this conversation today. You're very welcome. NAMI, Minnesota, champions justice, dignity, and respect for all people affected by mental illnesses. Through education, support, and advocacy, we strive to eliminate the pervasive stigma of mental illnesses, affect positive changes in the mental health system, and increase the public and professional understanding of mental illnesses. NAMI Minnesota vigorously promotes the development of community mental health programs and services, improved access to services, and increased opportunities for recovery. Call us at 651-645-2948 or toll-free at 1-888-NAMI-HELPS or email namihelps at namimn.org. NAMI Minnesota's website is namihelps.org. Outside of Minnesota, visit nami.org to find your state NAMI organization.